honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Extra, extra, hear all about it. Extra, extra, hear all about it. Again, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. And the news has broken, at least hours ago, that... Jimmy Butler has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, him along with Justin Patton. The Timberwolves will acquire Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless as a throw-in, and of course, for financial purposes, we're talking $8.5 million. And the Timberwolves also acquire a 2022 second-round pick from the Philadelphia 76ers. Really? You couldn't throw in a protected first-rounder? Really? But it is what it is. Uh, protected first-rounder would have been nice, but I guess they got a second-rounder. And, uh, well, I don't mind it. Uh, the players we got, not bad. Uh, the way Josh Richardson exploded would have been really nice if the Wolves were able to acquire that one. That's definitely going to be something to sit and think about for a little while, depending on what else we would have had to take back. The on-waiters. Hassan Whiteside, extremely expensive, but, well, yeah, we're talking like 14 points, 15 rebounds, and three and a half blocks. And, of course, freeing up Carl Anthony Towns to play power forward, but that's over. Uh, the Timberwolves have a stretch four in Dario Saric, a Jimmy Butler replacement in Robert Covington. Depending on where you want to play Covington versus Andrew Wiggins, this and that. I think Covington's more of the small forward type, but we'll see. I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe Wiggins is the, uh, you know, because we, we would have thought Butler being a bigger guy, he was the uh, small forward type, and then uh, Wiggins would play shooting guard. But no, I mean, I think we'll probably leave Wiggins where he is at small forward. Covington to shooting guard. Ah, it's interchangeable. It's going to be interesting to see how the roster shapes up. We'll very briefly go over the games, but I don't really want to say too much about them. It's been a nasty week. Uh, five losses and all that. It's not been fun, losing to the Warriors and all that. And we left off with just two games, actually, so it's not that much effort to put in. Just the Lakers and the uh, Sacramento Kings, both losses, unfortunately. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. I did leave off with the Clippers. That's how recent the last show is, and that's why I'm back on the air on a Sunday morning, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> my wife went to Chicago, which is nice, so it'll give me a little time to uh, sit down and record, and there's some snow on the ground still, so we're not going to be doing any cleanups at the moment, so again, just like April, there's cleanups on the ground here in November, can't do that for now, for a couple of days anyway, so here I am, and I'm glad, I'm glad I'm able to do this, it's fantastic, a little free time and a little bit of privacy to get down and talk about some important news and keep you caught up with the Timberwolves and all that spectacular uh, to finally have this over. It's not the most exciting trade of all time, but it's just wonderful to have it all over once and for all. You get the toxic son of a bitch out of the locker room. Pardon my French, but enough was enough. Let's look at the Timberwolves. Let's look at the guys the Timberwolves acquired would be nice. Robert Covington, who was undrafted. What? Another undrafted player, but okay. He's turned out to be a pretty nice player for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I talked about him quite often when the Timberwolves would play the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Timberwolves' success rate against Philadelphia the last few years. Yeah, I don't think I need to go into that too often, or too much anyway. Covington is six foot nine, 225, so he's a slightly larger guy. Well, yeah, <laughs> compared to us, he's humongous. 
Known very well for his rugged defense. Now, here's something I want all of you to sit down and uh, understand here that think I'm just some old fogey who's only stuck in the past and all he cares about is, and I'm not trying to make it about me, so please, I'm just saying, you think I'm just some old fogey who's stuck in 1988, 92, 95, 96? Yeah, I am, but... But here's the thing. (laughs) What do you think was one of the first things I looked at with both of these players for extreme importance for today's game? What, What did I look at? Okay, the very first thing you look at at the very beginning is, okay, how are they producing this year in points, rebounds, all that stuff? But what do you think was pretty much immediate after that? Three-point percentage. Yeah, that's right. I am not completely stuck in the past. I recognize how important the three-point shot is, and on this team, it's uh, paramount. Uh, We've needed it, even though we're taking a lot more this year. We're making some, but again, what's our record this year? So, yeah, and of course, we can blame somebody else for that, but a couple somebody else's, quite a few. But Robert Covington, at least this year, 39% from downtown in his first 13 games, 11.5-ish points, 5.5 rebounds or so, a little less than that. He averages... Almost two steals a game and almost two blocks a game, at least this year. Uh, His minutes have gained over the past few years. Of course, he started getting a significant role back in 14-15. He actually started his career as an undrafted free agent in 13-14. Copyright Dan Cole. That's a very inside joke. Uh, Only seven games with the Rockets that year, or Sprockets, as I like to call them. Covington, well, this is his fifth year with Philadelphia, or at least it was, and now he's coming to Minnesota. So that's a nice thing. In 13 games, again, I already read out the statistics. His free throw percentage for his career is about 81. Last year, was 85%, but only about one and a half attempts a game. So it's not like he gets to the line a whole a lot. Uh, he's a starter, almost 34 minutes a game at this point. Again, as it has increased since uh, his first year with Philly, where it started about 28 minutes. Philly was pretty lousy back then, but they were improving and they were dangerous. His career three-point percentage is about 36. So that's not bad, and he attempts about six and a half a game over the course of his career. Um, his three-point percentage is at its best so far in his career, so he can hit the shot, and he can uh, play some rugged defense, as they say. I like Robert Covington, and he's been a um, thorn in the side for the Timberwolves when he played against the Philadelphia 76ers, along with many others, of course. Uh, the Australian Magic Johnson, Ben Simmons, of course, <laughs> the minute he was brought up in trade proposals months ago, they just basically laughed and hung up the phone. So that's pretty much how things go there. The Philadelphia 76ers now have a big three. Joel Embiid, who I would hope would take a lot less uh, grief from Mr. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. If if you give Joel Embiid, who, already, who also made fun of Carl Anthony Towns last year for soft, this and that, if you have a problem with that guy, you know what, Jimmy, you're mental. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Um... Joel Embiid is having an all-star starter type of season. I mean, he's averaging almost 28 points, 13 rebounds, two and a half blocks. He's tearing it up for the Philadelphia 76ers. I keep saying that. I'll just say the 76ers. I don't have to be so descriptive. <laughs> it's a team that could be extremely dangerous in the coming years if Jimmy stays healthy. Covington also, though, let's get back to that very briefly here. There is something in the games played department that is, well, looking similar. Uh, <laughs> First year with Philadelphia, 70 games. Second year with Philadelphia, 67. Third year with Philadelphia, 67. Oh, come on, man. And then last year, 80. Okay, all right. That's better than Jimmy Butler, but that 70 and 67 stuff, hmm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because uh, it's not like he was getting coaches' decisions did not play. Maybe early in his first year, possibly. And then they realized this this cat can play, 
and he wound up with 28 minutes a game throughout the course of that season. Um, so, I don't know. The other thing becomes, again, the question becomes Josh Akogi. I gotta hope he's gonna still be in the rotation. This shouldn't hurt him too much because, well, Butler's gone. That's a guy that demanded plenty of minutes when he actually played. The effort, of course, very much lagging from Jimmy. Another very important statistic, though, is that uh, Covington's career field goal percentage is only 40, but it has increased every single year for the most part. <laughs> his first year with Philly was, was higher than his second year, but other than that, it has increased by about 1% or 2% a year. So that's encouraging. About 43% so far this year, up from um, about 41.5% last year. Is that important? Yes. Yes, it's important to make shots. So <laughs> we don't want a guy out there who's just completely clanging the ball everywhere, can't even make a bleep and layup. Again, free throw percentage. You know, he's he's middle of the, you know, he's maybe a little above average, but he hasn't been so good this year, about 74%. But he doesn't get to the line all that much either. But uh, again, uh, major players on that team, though, he's not going to get the ball as much, and that's a factor. Could be similar here, but he'll probably get the ball a little more than he did in Philly when you have a guy in Joel Embiid averaging almost 28 points a game. Is what it is there. Uh, Dario Saric, a guy a lot of people like. Now, by the way, for the record, both Covington and Saric have missed one game so far this year for Philly. Now, this guy was a legitimate prospect, and he was drafted by the Orlando Magic in 2014, not that long ago. Covington, a little bit more of a veteran, but not that big of a deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack one more time. I apologize, but uh, Saric, though, definitely a guy with many years left in his career. Again, drafted in only 2014. Where Covington, yeah, he's a bit of a veteran, 1990. So, yeah, mm, that's unfortunate. I, I thought he was a little bit younger than that, but still, yeah, he's under 30. That's important. <laughs> he's still under 30. He's Ricky Rubio's age. Let's move forward, damn it. Saric, born in 94, drafted in 14, so he was only 20 years of age at the time. Sibnik, Croatia. And Covington was from Illinois, not Chicago, but Illinois. Uh, Saric, a bit of a stretch four, six foot ten, 250 pounds. Never went to college because he didn't have... Well, he was, yeah, doing what he did in Europe. He was drafted straight out of Europe. 12th overall pick by the Orlando Magic. So, that's the case there. He was a draft trade or post-draft trade. Saric has been healthier and more durable during the course of his career. This is only his third season in the league at 23, 24 years of age. I believe he's, yeah, he's 24, yeah, April 8th. So, yeah, still got a longer ahead of him, thankfully. He has definitely played a role throughout his career so far. 81 games in 16, 17, 78 games last year, and 13 this year. Missed one. He's averaging a little under 30 minutes a game throughout his career so far, playing a role for Philly. His three-point percentage significantly down from last year so far. About 40% last year in his rookie year, only 31. Never played for the Magic, like I said earlier. Not a major rebounder or anything, but I suppose it is what it is. I mean, well... It is what it is. I mean, you're going to keep Gorgie Zhang, who's going to probably move over to backup center at this point. Saric is going to compete with Todd Gibson for minutes at power forward. He might even play some small forward if you're going to go real big. Maybe you play him with Todd Gibson or Gorgie or whatever the heck you're thinking. That type of deal. Wouldn't be surprised to see lineups like that. Covington at shooting guard or Wiggins, depending again on the situation. Uh, it's going to be very intriguing to see how we go forward with this, but I think it's an intriguing lineup at the very least. A guy who can definitely shoot the ball, but again, struggling from downtown so far this year, averaging about five and a half attempts a game. So you're going to get three-point attempts from these guys. Good news is Saric, well, he kind of gets to the free-throw line. A little over two attempts, I guess. Eh, 
and he's about 90% on the season. So that's great. 86% last year, 78 the year before. Again, dramatic increases during the course of uh, the last three years in his free throw percentage. So he's definitely worked on that, and his, uh, he's very reliable from the free throw line when he gets there. Sarge's role with this team could increase dramatically. I wouldn't be too surprised. He's a year younger than Carl and Andrew, so that's cool. Uh, a year older, pardon me, if I said that correctly. So they're all kind of close to the same age, at least with that group of players. Covington, a little bit more of a veteran, but not too old. He's actually a little younger than Jimmy Butler. Uh, certainly not all-star caliber, but he's been a valuable, valuable piece throughout the course of time. And whenever you trade an all-star, you're not going to get an all-star unless it's one of those really rare trades where it's just one-for-one type of thing. And that does happen sometimes, but it didn't happen this time. Would have loved to have Josh Richardson on this team. Uh, So that's one thing that's bugging me a teeny tiny bit. Deion Waiters, I don't blame the Wolves for not wanting to bring him back. Three years at almost $12 million per is ridiculous. Uh, All in neck, $12.5 per, three years remaining. I wouldn't have minded bringing him He's a little bit of a factor. Saric, I think, could have a better career than Olenek. That's an important thing to uh, sit down and think about. Whiteside is ridiculously expensive, but he's pretty good. He's a pretty good player, so I wouldn't have minded having him at all. Josh Richardson, $9.3 million, and he's got three more years remaining. <sighs> Second round pick, 40th overall by Miami, which again does remind you that a lot of people out there that want to say, screw the second round pick, who cares, why do we need that, just get rid of it, or what good is that? Well, second round picks do mean something, obviously. Josh Richardson, Draymond Green, you could go on and on, there's a list, and again, Jamie Bleepin Butler could have been a second round pick if Chicago didn't scoop him up with the final piece in the uh, draft of 20-whatever it was, <laughs> it was years ago, I don't even want to go back on that right now, 2010, 2011, 2011. Um, amazing start, uh, an amazing start to the season. Of course, he didn't have spectacular statistics leading into this year, but clearly a defensive force who has a lot of talent. Uh, again, it would have been him and Okogi fighting for minutes on occasion here and there. And of course, guys get hurt. You got Wiggins, this and that. So Okogi could kind of back up either one of them and still get a significant amount of minutes when one's out. He's in that type of thing. Could be the same situation with Covington, i got to think. But Richardson averaging almost 21 points a game now. He's uh, four rebounds, three and a half assists. And again, that defense is something. Covington's defense is rugged. This guy's defense, I think, could be even better. Richardson, a natural shooting guard, which would have fit perfectly in terms of, well, you know what his position is. Though sometimes it's nice to have guys that are uh, versatile that can play either small forward or shooting guard. Richardson's three-point percentage, 41 and a half this year, and first career, 38. So... Again, what did I look at again? Three-point percentage. Crucial stuff. And uh, Richardson. Mm. So that one's going to eat at me a little bit for a while. He's really come around. And, uh, well, (laughs) it kind of is what it is now. I mean, the trade's done. It's over. And there's nothing more we can do. I like Covington a lot. Don't get me wrong. I always have, actually. I talked about him all the time when we played Philly and how valuable he is. Saric is due for a new contract in the next year or so. So that's going to be an interesting situation. Hope for a good production out of him, but hopefully not too much in terms of he's going to demand like some $100 million contract. But uh, I got to think his, his role is that of a secondary starter. Like he'll start, he'll play significant minutes. Maybe he won't even start right away. It'll be him and Gibson and all that. But um, he'll play a very significant role on the team. At bare minimum, an immediate rotation player who can average about 30 minutes a game. And 
all that. So, I mean, uh, a Gorgie Zeng contract wouldn't kill me, I guess, for him. Maybe slightly less, if humanly possible, but we'll have to wait and see on that one, depending just how valuable Saric truly is for this team in the coming years. So, Saric is definitely going to be a guy that's probably going to be you're going to want to keep him, I mean, considering what you gave up, depending, unless he's a flat-out bust. Covington, you're going to be keeping, if you like it or not, unless you trade him again, four years remaining on his contract. And yes, there is another guy added to the roster. We'll see what his role is going to be, if any. Uh, he's out right now with a knee injury, so I'm not sure where to go with uh, Jared Bayless at this point. In fact, I don't even see him on here. There he is. Uh, one year remaining, 8.5. So, that's probably just a guy you just let go off the books. Um, nice spark plug point guard over the years. I don't expect him to play a major role with the Timberwolves, though, if he's even healthy enough to play at this point. He has not played a single game this season, so just have to wait and see where things go there. Uh, he's just flat out out, of course, with a knee injury, and that never sounds good. And ultimately, the status of that injury, well, as of October 1st, he was supposed to be out three to four weeks, and it's been longer than three to four weeks. Apparently, it's a knee sprain of some sort. I'm not sure what that is. It almost sounds like an MCL if it's that long. Um, I don't know. That's a pretty long, long-term injury. So October 1st, and at the same time, maybe he just wasn't going to get a whole lot of playing time, but he is considered out still at the moment. Again, i got to think he's probably just going to be let go off the books. But I don't know. I mean, I've liked Jared Bayless over the years. Again, a spark plug type of guy, but what do you do? I mean, <laughs> look at all the point guards this team already has. Derek Rose, obviously, is starting a point guard right now. Jeff Teague is still eight for a couple more years. You know, this year and next, anyway. Um, and I'm thrilled that the Wolves didn't trade away Tyus Jones. I was scared to death when I saw Jared Bayless. I'm like, oh my God, did they trade Tyus Jones away? It ended up being Justin Patton. I'm also a little bit worried about what's going to happen with that. Jared Bayless, over the course of his career, I mean, he's averaging 8.5 a game over his career. He was looked on to probably be a better player. I mean, 11th round pick by Indiana. But again, a spark plug kind of guy who can hit some shots, but you know, he's more of a uh, microwave, kind of off-the-bench type of guy. 10 points, that type of player here and there. Can hit some threes, but hot and cold. Kind of almost like an Anthony Peeler, in a sense, I suppose, with the streakiness. Um... Will he play at all for the Timberwolves this year? Maybe, maybe not. Again, Tyus Jones, Derrick Rose, Jeff Teague. It all depends, I guess, on injury situations that could pop up because we all know they do. So, <laughs> including Jared Bayless. So, he's obviously a worthy NBA player and he's just 30 years old. So, it's not like he's ancient history or anything. Man, it's hard to believe how fast time flies. That's right. He was taken in 2018 or 2008. Pardon me. That was the same draft with Russell Westbrook. And back then... I do believe Jared Bayless was supposed to go higher than Russell Westbrook. So, interesting. Interesting off history happens. So, hmm, very intriguing indeed. So, let's look at the games a little bit. We'll just have to let this trade kind of play out, see what players say at their press conferences. It's going to be interesting. I wanted to get this out today more than anything, and then on the next show we could kind of catch up on what's going on. Of course, there'll be a couple games I'll preview, and then fan interaction, segment number three. Let's wrap up this one very briefly. The Lakers game, 114-110. Lakers over Minnesota. These are both road games, 121-110 to Sacramento. You can just see the toxic behavior going on in the Sacramento game. 
the Laker game was fun and all that good stuff, but it just kind of slowly fell apart, and I don't know. It just was disappointing in that fourth quarter. The Lakers started hitting shots. They started going on a little bit of a run, and that was kind of all she wrote. Uh, Derrick Rose, extremely impressive. 7 of 9 from downtown. Almost led the Wolves to victory, which would have been spectacular. Unfortunately, remember when he missed a uh, three-pointer at the buzzer. That almost gave the Wolves a victory, and I was predicting that Rose <laughs> hit a three at the buzzer at some point to win the game, but unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. That was against the Lakers, actually. He had gone seven of eight from downtown at the time, so not a bad coach's decision there going to Derrick Rose for that three. Unfortunately, that one clanged off. Butler ultimately made half of his shots, 24 points, but 31 for Derrick Rose. The bench, really not much of a factor on the offensive side of the ball. Tyus Jones, a couple of uh, uh, dimes, but other than that, not the best game. Lots of threes made by the Wolves, though. 50%, 20 of 40 in the game. Pretty awesome. It looks like Jared Terrell is now back on the G League, unfortunately for him, but uh, it's okay. We'll see. (laughs) He'll probably get some time back at Minnesota at some point, but yeah, back down in the G League with the Iowa Wolves. Lots of threes made. Even Todd Gibson, 3 of 5, and Butler, 5 of 8 from downtown. Very aggressive. Second last game with Minnesota. I'm still looking at this and like, what the hell is this? LeBron James is on the Lakers. It's so weird. (laughs) It's so weird, but a lot of people dreamed about it about 10 years ago. Well, 2010, during the whole decision. A lot of people thought he might have wound up there at some point, but I don't know. That probably wouldn't have been a good fit because Kobe was still very much in his prime at that stage. The later stages of his prime, but he was still in his prime, and that would have been kind of odd. But I guess he kind of did the same thing with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was like considered the third best player in the league back then. And unfortunately, his career, quicker than Kobe, uh, declined. Boy, with uh, just injuries catching up with both of those guys, unfortunately. Yep. And then the Sacramento game, Jimmy Butler put in about the same effort that some of you would put in when you really don't want to be at work. You're exhausted. You've worked 20 days in a row, and it's the last thing you want to do. Your boss is an asshole. Your coworkers are lazy, and they're jerks, and you just had enough of it. Jimmy Butler played 41 minutes and shot 3 of 12. I mean, really, man? Butler was scorching the net in the first half. In the first half. He had 29 points in the first half. I'm like, man, he could get 50 pretty quickly. And he had two points in the second quarter. It's just like, whatever. He wound up with eight, though, in the fourth. Thank God. So at least he got to 39 points. 19 rebounds along in that game. So kind of like Kevin Garnett, when Kevin would always have these huge scorchers against the Sacramento Kings. A lot of you that are old enough to remember most of Garnett's career. Of course, me, every single game, pretty much. Like it or not. (laughs) But no, I mean, I have a good memory. And I remember Garnett always, always having spectacular games against the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if there was a little something between him and Weber or just he admired Weber because he was a Michigan fan years ago. And he, and he was, and that was the school he would have gone to if Kevin Garnett did go to college. And he was accepted, but it was too late. He'd already declared for the draft. That was funny. He was accepted like the day after he declared for the draft. And it's like, oh, <laughs> he passed the test. So, yeah, that's a little interesting little piece of news there for some of you that didn't know that already. Some of you do, some of you don't. And be historians that we are. Um, but no, a great game for Carl that didn't finish well. It just was kind of, you know, that third quarter sucked like it always does, it seems like, for the Timberwolves. Big drop off, and Sacramento kind of did what they did. They kind of did what I expected. They started making threes, and they started making them like crazy. I'd have been a little bit irritated with Iman Shumpert, though. Four of 11. I mean, you're not shooting well, and he's the guy leading your team in field goal, in field goal attempts, and it's always like that. It's always the guy who's not even that good of a shooter, and he just keeps chucking him up. And you got Buddy Heald over there who makes about half of his threes, 
And the guy shoots 4 of 11. Now, that's not the worst ever, but come on. That would be annoying. 5 of 16 overall. It's always like that. There's always a clown on your team that isn't that good. And he keeps jacking him up. And, oh, that makes me sick. And, no, that's not Derek Rose. We'll get to that on the third segment with uh, Wayne Hunt. I keep wanting to call him Hank McCoy. Wayne Hunt. Oh, no, no. Believe me, I'm, I'm happy about Rose, too. Nemanja Bielica had his first game against Minnesota. Hit a couple of big shots down the stretch. Two of six from downtown. He did not have his best game, but he's doing very well for Sacramento. So good for him, and that's it. We don't need to talk about former players every 10 seconds. Unless you want to trash Jimmy Butler, that's okay. <laughs> Derek Rose, 21 points, though. He's consistently been a solid player out there. He, and he made half his threes again, which is pretty damn cool, if you ask me. So I'm pretty much going to wrap up the game reviews. It's just, you know, the toxic behavior, the toxic situation with the Timberwolves still continuing at the time. Hopefully there'll be a more positive attitude and, uh, of course, the Covingtons and the Sarches will bring a little bit more positive behavior to this team in the future or just addition by subtraction. I'm not, uh, you know, is there a lone wolf award? It's Derrick Rose again. I mean, Derrick Rose so far is the MVP of the Timberwolves and Daylight second. I mean, Towns had a great game, but he didn't finish well. I mean, you had 29 points in the first half, and you have two points in the third quarter. Ugh, you follow it up with that. So, I don't know. And it's, I have nothing against Carl, but that was disappointing, damn it. And I have every right to say so. Derek Rose, definitely the uh, Lone Wolf Award winner for this episode. And the Johnny Flynn Memorial's got to go to Jimmy Butler because he's, he's what he is. So, the hell with them. And <laughs> the hell with... The Timberwolves are taking so long, and I'm kind of ticked off that the Wolves did not wind up with Josh Richardson as that was on the table at one point. And God, that makes me sick. How will this trade work out? Oh, time will tell, baby. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Should be fairly brief with the previews coming up. Yes, yes. So we will quickly move to the Brooklyn Nets coming up. Oh, goody. This is going to be one of Jimmy's clubs, man. This is going to be one of Jimmy's teams. He's going to be awesome on the on the Nets, which makes plenty of sense about trying to win now. But, well, Philadelphia does. Miami, maybe. Who cares? Who cares about Jimmy Butler? Goodbye. November the 12th. Again, happy Veterans Day to all of you veterans out there that might be listening, or those of you that have family members that are veterans. I should mention that. It's November 11th, so God bless all the veterans going back to George Washington all the way up to today. God bless all of you. The Civil War, the Revolutionary War, World War One, World War Two, World War Three. No, I'm kidding. No, Korean War. I apologize for that. Uh, Vietnam, and of course the multiple Iraq and Afghanistan situations and others out there whew, that have taken place so much that has gone on. And those of you that have served this country and put yourself in danger for the freedom of all of us, God bless all of you. And for those of you lost in those wars, I will give you a moment of silence. God bless the United States and our armed forces for many, many years. November the 12th, Brooklyn Nets, Minnesota hosting the Brooklyn Nets at this point. So, will Covington and Cole be in town? Uh, they'll be in town. Will they play? I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm guessing it's the next one. Alan Crabb, Chris Levert. Levert has emerged nicely from Michigan. He's certainly become a nice player for the 
Brooklyn Nets. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is actually healthy now, averaging about 16 points a game. Dinwiddie, one of my favorite players, who's shooting almost 41% from downtown. Joe Harris, almost, gosh, almost 60%. That's a pretty hot start to the season. Jeez, I mean, I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh, lots of guys who can hit threes for Brooklyn, and they're about 500. It does help when you have a, a guy who might be a future star in this league, and Chris Levert, and D'Angelo Russell, who was supposed to be a star, who's at least playing decently, but not shooting the ball also great. D'Angelo Russell and Dinwiddie, who's a nice, like, one of those guys who emerges out of nowhere. Kenneth Reed left for dead the last few years. He's just disappeared. Alan Crabb, boy. Whew. I'm glad the Wolves didn't get him in a trade. He is doing almost nothing for Brooklyn in the minutes he's played. So, I don't know what to say about that. Very winnable game. Will there be some kind of a sugar high with Jimmy Butler being gone? Yes, there will. Yes, there will. Absolutely. The Timberwolves will have a sugar high, and they will beat the Brooklyn Nets. Something along the likes of... Uh, let's look at how the Nets have been playing of late. Uh, they are, well, I'm not even looking at the right thing here. <laughs> Stupid. They've won, they won three in a row against Philadelphia and Phoenix and Denver. Denver, they beat Denver, which is a big deal. And they only lost by six to the, oh, 16, never mind, to the Warriors. Um, Minnesota, I think, will win the game. I do believe. I think the Timberwolves will win the game. There'll be some kind of a microwave thing. Uh, Brooklyn generally gives up a good amount of points, except for Philly and Phoenix for some reason. But Phoenix isn't a good team right now. Um... Their defense isn't that bad, though. He kept the Warriors to 116. So, I don't know. Uh, I think Minnesota should win the game. Again, there will be a sugar high in that locker room. I think Towns is going to have a huge game. And he usually does play pretty well against the Nets, by the way. Wiggins usually plays well against the Nets. And, I don't know, I just have a very good vibe coming into this one. Um, I remember Teague having a good one uh, last year, but he's not available. I expect upper 20s, low 30s for both Teague, uh, Teague, for both uh, Towns and... uh, Wiggins. I almost said Townsend Butler again. For most Townsend Wiggins, I expect a very, very sugar high performance, and there will be one. Minnesota's going to win the game 115 to 104. It's going to be a pretty solid win for Minnesota. I think they walk off the court without any type of a sweat, any type of a worry. They beat the uh, Brooklyn Nets solidly without. Sarich and Covington if necessary because I'm guessing they're, the whole thing won't be completely official. I mean, it'll be official maybe by tomorrow, but I'm guessing that they're not, they are not they won't be played tomorrow because they, they want to get the, the coach and all that. They want to get the plays down a little bit for at least a couple of days there and the two, and the club will debut the players on Wednesday is my guess. That's usually how things go against the, the New Orleans Pelicans, which should be pretty necessary. National broadcast at 7 p.m. in Target Center. The New Orleans Pelicans obviously a very nice team. They're not playing nearly as well as I thought, though. I'm starting to sound more and more like an idiot, picking them to be number two in the uh, West, but, well, it's early. It's early, damn it. They get to play Toronto, who's 12-1. and one. I don't think too many people saw that happening, but uh, Pelicans have lost three out of their last four to Portland. They gave up 132 to Portland, 109 to San Antonio, 122 to Oklahoma, and then they beat Phoenix and Chicago. Yay. Um, don't think uh, Pelicans are going to beat Toronto in Toronto. Then they come to Minnesota. Certainly a winnable game, and Minnesota played fantastic against this team. I got a feeling there's going to be a sugar high, especially with the new players coming in. Again, I think the sugar high is going to continue. So, despite this massive losing streak the Wolves had, (laughs) I think Minnesota wins this game too, believe it or not. Uh, The road games, that's going to be a nice test against Brooklyn. That's the next road game all the way on the 23rd. So a chance for this team to kind of get closer to 500 again, which is sad, but true. The Wolves at 4-9, they got a ways to go to get to 500. And this will be a way to kind of do it. Riding the sugar high a bit with Butler gone. And hopefully these new players 
have some nice have some nice games to start off their career with the Timberwolves, which will be for a while. I gotta hope, um, but on the positive side as well. So I'm thinking it's gonna be another high scoring game. It's gonna this is actually gonna be really high scoring. Like I think 120, 125 ish, something like that. Minnesota's gonna get 100 and. 20, we'll say. Let's not go too crazy. They're going to get 120. And, and uh, New Orleans is going to hang in there for a while, though. It's going to be like 120, 116, 120, 112, something like that. But Minnesota plays well. I think Carl has another very, very good game. I think Carl's going to have some awesome games here with Butler gone. It's just going to be an energy bug that's going to hit him. An energy button, an energizer bunny, whatever it is. But it's going to get him. And he's going to have some 30-point games this week uh, multiple times here. It's going to be a beautiful week for him. And it's going to be interesting to see how Saric and Covington do. I don't expect spectacular games from them right out of the gate, but who knows? Maybe one of them will get hot from downtown or just in general. They just have a spectacular game. I expect Derek Rose to continue his positive run, though, too. I think he's going to get into the 20s in at least one or two of these games. So uh, out of the three, Carl, though, is going to get like 34, I think, in this one. I, I got a really good feeling. And Minnesota rides a little two-game win streak. And then they play the Portland Trailblazers on the 16th and Friday the 16th of November. I don't like the way the Wolves play the Blazers. I just don't. The Wolves never play well against this team. Portland's 9-3. and three. Don't look now, but they're good. And they're tied with Denver for the division lead. And freaking Oklahoma 7-5. and five. And remember, I was saying the Wolves need to beat Oklahoma to make the playoffs. And, well, they need to beat Oklahoma to make the playoffs. Portland has won four out of their last five. One loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Very similar score there. Minnesota almost, yeah, it is exactly. 114 to 110, just like when the Wolves lost in L.A. last week. Portland beat the Bucks. Portland beat the Bucks. They scored 132 against uh, New Orleans on the 1st of November. That's pretty in- incredible. But on the 6th, 118 to 103. That's extremely impressive. Home game or not, that's a butt whooping. Oh boy. Mm. Well, Portland's not on a back-to-back or anything. Minnesota's not on a back-to-back. I just think Portland's better. I think the matchup sucks. I think McCollum will shoot much better than he did last time around. Uh, Minnesota lost by 30 to this club last time, but again, the toxic atmosphere had a big part of it. But I think Portland still wins the game, unfortunately. It's going to be high scoring on Portland's side, so the sugar high will temporarily end, but it might continue into the the games in the next week, hopefully. We'll see what happens there. But I think Portland wins the game something like 118 to 110, something like that, maybe even 118-100. It might not be a good game for Minnesota. But let's try to go with 110, keep things semi-positive. And hopefully the Wolves can beat Memphis and Denver in the following week. But uh, that's how I'm standing on this one. Wolves go 2-1. and one. They ride a little bit of a sugar high with the departure of Jimmy Butler. But I'm not going to pick them to go undefeated, particularly Portland. I just don't like that matchup. So there it is. 2-1 record. That would put the Wolves at, what, 6-10. and 10. Ouch. So if you're a football team, you're out, unfortunately. But luckily, there's more than 16 games in the NBA season. Back with Fan Interaction after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction, and wrap this up. Lots to talk about, though, with a lot of you out there. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account, which is usually where we like to start. And I'd like to thank uh, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the show. Also, 
Levi Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show, Precautionary Rest, which wasn't even that long ago now, which is uh, nice. I'm nice and glad to keep the show moving here very quickly and keeping the Wolves, uh, keeping you updated with the Wolves. No comments on the Twitter account, but thank you guys for the retweets. Of course, again, it's been such a short time, so there were no tweets, and only two games have been played since then. Before I go too far, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with the visitor posts first. That way I don't get lost. And then, of course, go to the general Facebook page. Going to give a quick shout-out, though, to Flip's Army. Flip's Army, want to thank those of you out there for uh, allowing me to post on that page. It's a wonderful uh, Timberwolves Facebook page with in-game threads and all that. So you can keep the conversation going. And, of course, all the news that happens during the course of the week and all that. So that's just kind of how the season is and how it is to keep up with the Timberwolves on that page. Uh, always recommend it. Trevor Wickerin is the founder of that page and nice guy for sure. Thank you again for allowing me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that page. Let's get to the Facebook page here. Visitor post from Wayne Hunt, who, of course, hosts the Courtside Podcast. Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, Stu Benson, all out of Australia. Wayne Hunt is a Memphis fan. Vince Germano and Stu Benson are Lakers fans, but it's generally an NBA show. They'll still talk about their teams, and they'll support their teams, and they'll kind of tease each other about this and that, good and bad things going on. But at the same time, again, they generally stay NBA-centric, so basically league-centric. So they'll talk about the Timberwolves. They'll talk about the Orlando Magic, even, believe it or not. And, of course, they might bring up a certain team in Northern California that I'm really tired of hearing about. Hopefully I'm not the only one. Let's get to what Wayne Hunt has to say. He says, honestly... If this team can shed Jimmy Butler, they will rally behind Derrick Rose and be better off for it. Very interesting thought there. And, well, they're going to rally behind him, I suppose, and they'll also rally behind uh, Mr. Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins needs to do something here. So, needs to step up. And now is his opportunity again. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about losing the ball anymore. Those two guys have to take control. They have to take the reins and be the leading scorers for this team now, and of course, beyond being leading scorers, all that. So I do expect Andrew Wiggins' numbers to surge, particularly early and hopefully long-term. Hopefully. It's time. It's time for Wiggins to stop pouting that he's not the number one option on the team, because, well, maybe he will be now. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with this type of change? Wayne Hunt continues saying, uh, I know you are not loving the shot attempts from Rose at the moment, Joey, but when you think about it, isn't he really just doing what you wanted out of just Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins? Yes, in a lot of ways, yes. And, of course, Andrew Wiggins' uh, shot selection is very... Yeah, it really leaves something to be desired at the very least. I mean, fadeaways from two-point, you know, from long long two-point fadeaways don't make a whole lot of sense. would be nice to have that catch-and-shoot three and all that. That's what they all do in this league today, and it is what it is. God bless you if you're good at it. I think it's a high-percentage shot. Oh, yeah, it is high-percentage. I just don't like that it's, like... 55, that's like 75% of the league today, but what am I going to do about it? Like Vince Germano might say, what, what, what am I going to do about it? You know, that's the way the wind blows right now. And hopefully Covington and Sarich can bring that to the Wolves in a big way. The Wolves need it desperately. Um, the shot attempts, yes, it gets old a little bit when they're not the best shot attempts. I don't like the J.J. Barea he, hero ball bullcrap, but at least one of the hero ball players is gone forever forever and ever and ever and the other one well he's a bit more humble than that guy and he's accomplished more than that guy as well I mean he's been a league MVP this and that so at least there's some pedigree from Derrick Rose and he's carried his team to a conference final against LeBron James and the Miami Heat back in 2011 so of course we all know how that turned out and of course how the uh, uh Miami Heat ended up not winning the finals against Dallas that year but still it was uh 
quite a season for that Chicago Bulls team. Let's continue now. Wayne Hunt again. Thank you. I love when Wayne Hunt contributes to this page. And I apologize. I need to contribute more to the courtside page, too, uh, when you're going to do a show. Sometimes the timing is tough because, of course, Australia and Minnesota, there's a slight time difference. So when they say they're going to release the show, sometimes I don't see it. And maybe I'm at work or something and it's and I'm too late, something like that. But i got to focus on posting on there regardless and see what happens. Hopefully he does get on the show on time. Wayne Hunt continues, though leading off the post of episode 236, Precautionary Rest. Joey! Or should I say, Joey! Is how he usually says it. Uh, great show, mate. I'm listening on my walk to work. Very cool. Totally agree as well with your thoughts on Jimmy Butler. <laughs> how are you going to have rest due to general soreness eight games into the season? He's a tough player than that. He's a tougher player than that. Clearly wants out. Sit him until he's traded and I wish they did, because I think he really just sabotaged the, uh, uh, the last few games there. The Clippers, he just literally, the way he went up and just said, eh, like that. I mean, that's bullcrap, and he did it more than once. That Bucks game, he didn't even try. Uh, the Portland game, I forget. I think, yep, that was the uh, precautionary rest game, and we appreciate him for precautionary resting. It was uh, very, uh, very nice, but at least the one good thing about it was at least uh, he stayed healthy enough to get traded. Uh, the whole thing is, though, he shouldn't have played at all. The, the, the hell with him. He shouldn't have even been in, at practice. He shouldn't have been in town. Just go work out in L.A. or Chicago or Texas or wherever the hell you want to be. Probably not Chicago, but uh, I don't know. What a joke that was. Huh? Thank you, Wayne Hunt. Really appreciate the contribution. That's awesome. And the only other thread on this show, because, again, it's only been a few days since the last one. What was it, Tuesday? It was a Timberwolves Tuesday. It's Sunday morning at this stage. Of course, Mr. Mr. Jimmy Budhead was traded. Good riddance. I don't know what kind of uh, icon that is. That's showing a... Uh, huh. It's showing those those NFL sticks where they're measuring the... Okay, let's just let that go. I don't know why that showed up, but yeah, the Jimmy Butler's... Jimmy Butler, all that, they were finalizing the trade. It wasn't 100% official, but it was likely official. Let's get to the thoughts. Fred Mitham, locally in town, says... It better include some picks. We traded three first-round picks to get this POS, and we got one second-rounder. And uh, Fred Minton, not too happy about that, but at least we got some decent players. He says, puke. Tanae Brown says, unbelievable that it took this long. And yeah, when you consider what we got back, they're player, they're good players, but yeah, it is unbelievable that it took this long. It really is. Ali Sidikai locally, and again, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Ali Sidikai says, Jimmy Butler was a great player last year and got the T-Wolves to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. They could have been the third seed if he, if he was healthy, but obviously they had to move on. And of course, he didn't stay healthy. Uh, good thoughts, though, Ali, of course. Very much welcome on the show. And yes, he was a good player. And yes, uh, if he had the right attitude, things would have been extremely different. Things would have been much better. I think this team could have been competitive. Uh, I don't know. But now I guess maybe we'll be in the lottery again. I, I don't know, depending on how things go. Maybe not, though. I mean, there's no reason why Wiggins and Towns shouldn't be good enough to get this team in the playoffs. And, of course, Covington and Sarich, these guys aren't chopped liver here. They they can play. So they can play the game. And, of course, you still got Gibson. And Derrick Rose is playing extremely well. And Jeff Teague still exists, I think. But <laughs> he's, that guy's never hurt, yet he is this year for some reason. Strange. Scott Doherty also locally having the post of yes, yes, yes. And I agree with you completely. And then the little girl also celebrating happiness that Jimmy's gone. Brandon Dombowski, I believe he's from South Dakota, says good riddance. 
I really hope Cat or Wiggins dunk on him when we play the Sixers, and I hope so too. Trish Postorino out of Australia. Thank you so much for listening. Always, Trish. Uh, don't hear from you a whole lot, but hopefully more often miss hearing from you. But yep, she has the, uh, the clapping icon. She's very happy to see Jimmy Butler leave as well. So thank you again very much, all of you, for your contributions. And I'm glad it's over too. It, it was time. It's nice to have the guy out of town finally who doesn't want to be here and he's just going to slack off and piss off your team and cut everybody down. Everybody, including the guy who supposedly was like your the coach of your dreams, Tom Thibodeau. He's, you know, you basically cursed him out. You cursed out Scott Layden and just made a mockery of the organization and they let it continue as long as they did. But it's over. And it didn't take till Christmas. It didn't even take till Thanksgiving. It just took till Veterans Day. So I salute you veterans <laughs> for being a part of uh, getting Jimmy Butler the heck out of this town, I guess, in a sense. So good riddance. Goodbye, and that's about it pretty much for this show. I want to thank again all of you for contributing. Please do tell your friends about the show if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Also going to invite you to call into the show, get your voice heard. That would be greatly appreciated. Call the phone lines at 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It's greatly appreciated. It is a voicemail, so it, it's there's a limit of three minutes, so just be aware of that so you don't get cut off. It's just a machine cutting you off. It isn't me doing it. And same thing with the call now button on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, by the way, and all the links will be in the show description. The call now button goes to the same phone line. It goes through Facebook Messenger, so it's free no matter where you're from. Same situation, three-minute three, three minute limit. And then there's the audio submission route, which is, of course, a worldwide thing as well. All you have to do is... <laughs> in that case, treat your treat your uh, phone, well, use the voice recording application on your phone. Sorry, there's distractions going on here. Is uh, You just use the free voice recording application on your phone that every phone smart device has and treat it like a phone call. There's really no limit. I encourage you to keep it to five, but you can go longer. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. And that's pretty much all you have to do. I will convert it into an MB3 file due to Zoms, uh, with zomzar.com. And then there you go. That will definitely get things going. And your voice will be on here with mine. And I would appreciate that also greatly. Please do also review this show on iTunes if you could. Write a positive review, five-star, four-star, whatever it is. You could put whatever you want. It's your opinion. But uh, if you want to help this show out, please do that. It's really appreciated. It makes the show more attractive to new listeners. If somebody else wants to check it out, because there are other... Tim Rules podcast out there, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, that's just the, the nature of the beast. I mean, so I would hope new people would want to check out this one versus the others, or that they'll stick around once they hear it. Hopefully, it's good enough for you, and you can tell your friends about the show as well. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening. Good riddance, Jimmy Butler, and go Timberwolves. Hopefully, we can ride this sugar high back to 500 and beyond.